0: and welcome to episode seven of the Making Madden podcast. I'm Tom Lischke, franchise producer, and with me is Andre
1: Weingarten, franchise designer. This week, we have senior designer Nick Farah back and better than ever to go deep into dynamic game day and home field advantage.
0: So let's get into it. Welcome back, Nick, one of our frequent flyers here. I think you and Clint are the only uh, repeat visitors so far, but after we talked last week, we wanted to take a look, you know, a little more deeply at all the momentum, home field advantage, etc. You'll have to give me the right term for on the game design side. What's the right way to describe the feature?
2: We call the system game day momentum, like, you know, publicly. Also, you know, thanks for having me back.
1: Of course. You know, we, 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 we had you last time, and we really wanted you to ourselves this time.
2: Yeah, yep. I appreciate that. I don't I mean, I'm back. I don't know that I'm better than ever. I, I have some coffee and I'm wearing pants. I feel like that's pretty good. I
1: I think that's better than ever based on what we talked about last time. So,
2: yeah. All right. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, now that we got our silly little intro out of the way, let's really go into dynamic game day. So, I think the simplest starting point is what led to the decision to add this to Madden?
2: Sure. So, you know, we felt like an overall feeling of momentum and, and like capturing that spirit was kind of missing within Madden. We also wanted a, a better way to simulate some of the like quirks, oddities, fandoms, some of the like intricacies in the NFL that don't really carry over very well from what we, we normally do, you know, on another note, like we've had, momentum systems in in the past here at at tiburon you know ncaa had their version Mm -hmm. of momentum and we kind of looked at that and we liked some of the ideas there but we really wanted to make like a modernization of what that tried to accomplish Mm -hmm. that system had some cool things in it for sure but it was kind of limited in scope as far as like what it actually did within the game and it was very kind of nebulous as far as what it did there was a little you know, three-tick bar that went up towards one team or the other, and then, you know, things happened. And people kind of used it to to drive conspiracy theories over, like, oh, my guy fumbled because the bar was going the other direction. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I made that catch because the bar was in my favor. But, like, it didn't really tell you what it did. So we set out to make something that took some inspiration for that, but was much more modernized and could could do more. You know, mm-hmm.
1: like the, yeah. So in, in NCAA, it was not every team, right, that had no, momentum. There,
2: there was like a shared pool of things that it would do. You know, it could make your play art wiggly or you know, hide some of your receiver icons. And we definitely, you know, paid homage to some of those effects with some of the uh, mm-hmm. factors that we ended up creating. But there wasn't anything really specific to individual stadiums. You know, some stadiums were harder to play in than others based on that design, but there was nothing really unique. It was the same set of stuff that happens everywhere you go. So, yeah, it's
0: it's interesting. Like this is a from a game design perspective. The teams for years have been differentiated just like almost entirely, I think entirely, based on the the makeup of the roster and the the power of the players. So this is well, we all know that football is more than that, like, and some level players come and go, but the teams kind of hold on to an identity. And sometimes that comes from coaching philosophies, et cetera. But there are some things that it's cold in Green Bay and it's hot in Tampa Bay. So if you're not taking that into account, when you're building out your team, your roster, your approach to things, you're, you're leaving something, leaving something that you should be taking advantage of.
2: You know, with in Madden 20, when we introduced superstar X factors, it was about, differentiating players, right? Giving players (laughs) that identity, you know? I want Aaron Donald to be scarier than another defensive player that has the exact same ratings as him because he should be, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this feature is really trying to give some of that identity and character to kind of teams and stadiums. Because like you said, you know, the rosters will change, but there are things about, the Broncos that don't change or there's things about playing at Lambeau that don't change.
1: Yeah. Just because Peyton Manning left doesn't mean that Denver's not no longer a mile above sea level. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that, that is a thing that still exists.
0: Yeah. Or if you're like my buddy who went to a playoff game at Lambeau in January and got a beer and it froze from the time the vendor handed it to him to the little thing of ice across the top of the beer, literally in the time it took for the vendor to like pour it and hand it to him.
2: So Right. That's amazing. Uh, that's
0: horrifying. But that's Lambeau, uh in, yeah, in deep
2: January. Different to play in those conditions. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, would think, you would think a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. A little bit. You know, you're you're a little little more adrenaline per se if you're on the field. But yeah, uh, with that said, you mentioned like NFL quirks and fandoms. So based on that, how did you come up with each stadiums? home field advantage right you know what went into that research process and do you have any examples of like a moment or something that triggered one of those
2: sure so initially a lot of it was investigating what what we currently had in the game because <laughs> and this is something that kind of blew my mind but like we attempted to simulate some of these things in the past but with almost no visibility So I I went into some of our data and was was looking around and you know poking around in the editor and I found that in the Broncos Stadium we would give you a on simulation game style, we would give you a two percent kick power bonus to simulate the altitude Mm -hmm. of being that high. Because you know the ball travels further and like yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. But of the Madden community, who is did anyone feel this two percent? Kick power bonus? I did. Yeah? Yeah. 2%. Yeah. What was that,
0: that? That manifests as you knew you could hit from about a yard hit. deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The math checks out. That's 2% from 50 <laughs> yards.
2: Right. So we have a man developer who uh, was aware of this. That's good. Yeah. There's no, a normal human, a non <laughs> human, if you will. Uh, we'll go into the game and it's how would they know this? You know? Yeah. yeah. The kick goes where it goes. There's nothing that tells them about this. So that was one of the kind of like defining moments of for me where I was like, all right, we have to simulate these things. It's cool that we attempted to simulate that 100 percent, but we need to make people aware of it. Otherwise, it doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, so, that's the there's a lot of that talk, like when we're doing new features is, well, cool that, you know, it's happening in the game. But what are we doing to make the gamer know, feel, react to that thing so they can make a choice on it? I and mean, that's yeah. the big thing. They can't. They can't make a choice based on it, have that fun decision, unless they know it exists.
2: So. Exactly. So that kind of that evolved into a game day condition that can show up in like Azteca and when you're playing at the Broncos Stadium, where passes and kicks can go a little bit further than they normally do. And we tell people about that now. So that led to me researching like, all right, I want to, I want to attempt to do something mostly unique for every team in the NFL. They should have their own home field advantage that speaks to the fandom, speaks to historical moments from the franchise works, all of that stuff. So this was a lot of like watching documentaries and ESPN YouTube videos and reading countless pages on stadium designs and trials and tribulations of turf that was added to the stadiums, you know, really exciting stuff.
1: Can I just say that people that there are a lot of people listening right now who probably would have incredibly enjoyed that entire process.
2: <laughs> I, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I learned interesting things. I think one of the stadiums. It might have been the Eagles had a rat problem at one of their older. <laughs> they went the Simpsons route of like releasing cats so, like, <laughs> to <get> the rats. <laughs> i
0: I, I trust that one didn't make our list of m factors there's not gonna be like cats running on the field at philly
1: or anything like that
2: no we do we do not have that one Uh, did
1: did we save that for metlife with the uh, black cat It might come back (laughs) (laughs) but uh I, i know one of the ones that we had talked about previously was cleveland yes so what was the inspiration for the m factor that we call the dog pound Obviously, besides the fact that that's what the fan base is called.
2: <laughs> so, right. For anyone who uh, isn't aware of the antics that go on in Cleveland, the, the dog pound is kind of a fan section that got started. I don't know when. Don't quote me. Someone will fact check. Um, but long ago, <laughs> the Browns, like, offensive line or defensive line kind of looked bulldogish. ish um, So... The fans took it upon themselves to, like, dress up kind of like bulldog. They'd have, like, ears and they'd, like, paint the little, like, black circle on their nose to make it look like a dog snout or muzzle. And they'd, like, wear dog collars. They'd be super rowdy. They'd, like, throw dog bones, you know, little dog treats onto the (laughs) field and, like, kind of harass the away team whenever they were near the end zone where the dog pound would hang out. And there was a game uh, against the Broncos in the late 80s where the dog pound was being so raucous that the Broncos actually asked to switch the direction of play, like outside of, you know, when it normally switches. And the rest were like, you know, sure, these guys are big jerks. Like, go ahead.
1: <laughs> They're going to kill you if, they, if, we, if you don't.
2: Right. So. Yeah. They switched direction of play, and it led to a situation where the Broncos were attempting to kick like a field goal or an extra point to their win or tie the game, and the wind was in such a way that they missed the kick, and it was kind of because they switched field mm-hmm. directions like that. I think they didn't have the length to get it there or something like that. So in a way, the, the Dog Pound won them that game. So I looked at that and thought it was really cool and ended up turning it into... Brown's current home field advantage where it becomes difficult to hot route receivers when the away team is in the red zone because, you know, they're being distracted by the (laughs) dog pound and maybe, you know.
1: By the milk bones and batteries.
2: Right, exactly. (laughs) Hopefully they don't get wet wet dog food involved. (laughs) Who knows?
1: Yeah, I've heard plenty of stories like when the old Cleveland Stadium got demolish the final game they let fans bring wrenches into the stadium and they took the seats with them <laughs> After the
0: game. yeah i mean that's a, that I, I know that's happened in a few stadiums now like that you get that deep fandom which is what we're trying to replicate here that's the connection fans have so it's nice that we're getting into it into it and it would be cool to have taken a seat but Lambo's been there forever so there's no seats being taken from Lambo unfortunately no way for me to get that but yeah uh, it seems I, weird I, that the owners aren't allowed to take seats with yeah them. right I mean you're an owner <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Uh, that's fair. Yeah, but it eh, doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> too, too too many owners, there'd be no seats left at the end of every season. Although they could use, they could certainly use some seat refreshes over the years, I'll tell you. Going, growing up at Lambeau, I don't know if uh, home field disadvantages all your fans have to sit on wooden benches.
1: the the lambo take on things so speaking of like benches and stuff i know that seattle i guess it's now lumen field which is just
2: yeah i'm having a hard time making that change internally
1: yeah that, that one hurts the way that the stadium is designed first off they have metal bleachers in part of the stadium but they also have the sides of the stadium like the overhangs so, what happens is the noise goes up and it funnels directly down straight onto the field from those two sides, which is just ear splitting. So, the We Are 12s one, I would very much assume, is based on crowd noise and things of that nature.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely inspired by the, the fandom in Seattle. I mean, it's a little bit of like Beast Quake, right? Where, you mm-hmm. know, Marshawn ran so amazingly that the crowd roar. Registered as a seismic event, um, so, <laughs> which is still
1: yeah. a crazy. I, that that might be the craziest story in terms great. of crowd noise.
2: It was pretty great. So yeah, that that kind of manifested as the squiggly play art. You know, just being so rattled by the noise mm-hmm. coming out from this crowd. One of the yep. famously loud stadiums up there with Arrowhead and Superdome gets pretty loud. Yeah, yep.
1: I mean, there's there's some stuff about the superdome but i'm not gonna (laughs) the what is it now the caesar superdome which is under the traditionalist is having trouble with the the world changing around him (laughs) i i I don't i don't like it it was like the mercedes-benz superdome and now it's like the caesar superdome i I, I don't know but (laughs) beyond that how about specific stadium quirks right we talked about the fan base having a lot of impact but what about like a stadium specifically that impacts an m factor?
2: Yeah, so at Hard Rock in Miami, they <laughs> <laughs> kind of evil genius level stuff, but they <laughs> they designed the stadium in such a way that the home benches are always in the shade and the away benches are always getting blasted by the sun. Like, like oh, something that they oh. did with the, the arches yeah. on top of it, and the, like the rims. That's terrible.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> they're just baking their opponents, which is pretty great. Really diabolical, but that manifested in their home field advantage, where the away team just kind of fatigues a bit faster since they're getting cooked <laughs> by the that glorious sun in the Sunshine State, uh,
1: <laughs> the Miami Sun.
2: Yeah, now that, yeah. that might be a little bit of a killer. And then Dallas, you know, the <laughs> Cowboys. Like some some people didn't like this one when we announced it, but the Gigantic jumbotron that has you know, <laughs> deflected a couple of kicks in the past was the inspiration for Dallas's home field advantage where yeah. you know, punts don't go as far because the rationale is that kickers need to adjust their normal trajectory to avoid bonking off of that thing.
1: What is it, like 50 yards long? Some, some ridiculous size? It's, <laughs> cool. it's, not, it's not small. So
0: how many of the, how, how many of the stadiums have like those kind of unique quirks? Do you think like how much of it is, oh. like the, the historical things and how many of them are like cork driven?
2: I would say the, the vast majority of them have something that is pretty similar to that. Not everyone has something as well known, I guess, as as like the, the jumbotron in Dallas. And mm-hmm. you know, people had some gripes about that one. They wanted. You know, maybe they have a cooler home field advantage, but honestly I I don't think you can have a better home field advantage than having Dustin do all the ratings for Madden. You, so, you know, easy, easy, easy. I can't give them a better advantage than he can.
1: That's true. We've been called biased uh, We against 31 NFL teams this cycle. Oddly, the Cowboys were not the ones that were included in that. I don't know why exactly, but...
2: I don't know. I'm not one for conspiracy theories.
1: <laughs> no. no. Fun little fact. I did a, a Cowboys franchise many, many years ago. I think it was like Madden 25. And I was embracing the analytics of when to punt and when not to on fourth down. And I didn't... But- i was gonna say isn't that almost never punts if you're just going strictly by the analytics uh it depends on field position field goals same thing you know it it depends on where you're at down and distance so i was basically embracing this home (laughs) this m factor seven years before we actually added it so that's that's kind of funny
0: Yep. so you you covered the warm weather home field what about the cold weather how does that kind of play out
2: yeah it's we have a, a lot of like game day conditions that'll show up you know because it's cold things that make it a little harder to kick things that maybe make it a little harder to hold on to the ball the Packers actually are the only team that have a potential bonus home field advantage that can show up when it is cold due to their uh you know their famous frozen tundra over there <laughs> so in like playoff games or when it's below a certain temperature or when it's snowing, they have a chance to get an alternate home field advantage that makes it harder for the away team to change directions on the field and like, you know, makes them a little more fatigued because it's uh, snowy high, high I, and hard to play in that environment and you're I,
0: I can speak to that one because when I was when I was a kid growing up, the Packers were still playing three of their home games at County Stadium in Milwaukee every year and i saw uh, eric dickerson hall of famer have what must have been the worst game of his career because he he was like tell me if i'm wrong here andre but like in my mind he's a cutback runner he would go he would stretch and then he yeah. cut up field and just take off mm-hmm. and i saw him just get like his just come out from under him like five or six times so like he'd go, he'd go to he'd go to plant and that field was frozen over and he just go sliding towards the sideline it was the it was the best as a, as a, as a kid watching the Packers that because the, the county stadium certainly didn't have any sort of field warming
1: yeah. technology oh, no, to of it. course not
0: yeah. it was just I'm, wide open wide open and I think the wind was coming in through like the outfield like the wide open outfield with no wraparound stadium that day so <laughs> that it just froze over I could I couldn't feel my feet because we were sitting in the first row of the upper deck in County Stadium with the wind coming oh, right God. at us but it was worth it so. like that's
2: the, that's the type of stuff that we're trying to capture here. Yeah. Like, you know, it might not seem like a super impactful thing to make it a little bit harder for guys to change directions, but that manifests in a, in a real way in the NFL. And we want to try to make a nod to that and pay off some of these stories that people have.
0: Certainly it, it defined that game, right? You yeah. know, that day, that was the single, tr- the best player on the field. There was no doubt that day was Zarek Dickerson and he was nullified. Yeah. Or a big part of what he did, what made him special, was nullified by it. So, yeah, capturing that and using that to to differentiate the games and tell the story of the NFL season and have it, have it change week to week. Like, the NFL is – that's a lot of what makes the NFL interesting, right? Like, there is so few games and the weather changes so dramatically over the course of the five months and especially into the playoffs. So anything we can do to capture that and bring that forward so it isn't just, like, plowing two rosters against each other. Mm-hmm. constantly but it puts a bring to bear those other things is is a really important piece of it i'm glad we're getting into it
1: yeah things that change the way you play i mean if you remember last season the cleveland browns had like three straight games in monsoons and neither team could pass because it was just so windy and so just torrentially downpouring on them and teams were just like okay well we're not even going to bother trying to pass the football in this weather because when we do everyone's dropping it and the ball's not going where we want it anyway Right. So yeah. we're just going to run the ball. And so, right, we, we have weather-specific. Obviously, the the Packers have their own. But we have dynamic game day factors that are tied directly to weather.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there are game day conditions that will show up that try to capture some of that. You know, they'll, they'll fade out your receiver icons when your receivers get far enough away from the line of scrimmage to kind of simulate that, like, mm, really shouldn't be passing... In this
1: weather,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and other things, right?
1: Like uh, slowing down speed or acceleration in snow or rain or things I, of that nature. Right. Yeah, uh, are there any other you know dynamic game day things, momentum things that you had a lot of fun building or or think are going to be really well uh, well received?
2: I mean, I'm hoping that it's all well received.
1: But well, there's hope, and then
2: there's thinking. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it's. So... <laughs> We've talked a lot about the things that can, you know, go wrong because of momentum or because of the conditions of the day. But there's, you know, it's not all bad. There are positive things that that you can get happening in your games as well. You know, mm-hmm. like rivalry games that will cause the momentum meter to move a bit faster and make things a bit more dynamic. There's just nice weather. Nice weather's a thing too. <laughs> it's great to play football when it's like you know. Maybe like sixty-five degrees, you know, a little yep. bit on the chilly side, and it's you know, yep. overcasty, not too or, sunny, not blind. or in a dome. <laughs> yeah, or in a dome, you know, AC—that's cool. Like, Football's <laughs> never
0: better in a dome. Yeah. ever, ever, ever. Well,
2: probably for the the air conditioning, you know. Eh, no okay. one complains about that. Okay. No one's <laughs> on the timeline wearing a jacket, you know, or a cardigan. I don't think that the NFL really is a cardigan crowd, but either way, you know, um, there's there's things that can show up that benefit your players, right? They won't get tired as easily. They'll hold onto the ball more. You know, they might hold blocks a bit better. There's powerful advantages that can show up as M factors and be attached to momentum within the game, like your quarterback being completely immune to pressure. That's great you know
1: <laughs> yeah so that yeah. that leads me into the into the pretty much our our last question is how does this interact with the ability system
2: there are some m factors that can boost your guys ability to get into the zone right mm-hmm. and try to lock out your opponent from being able to get in the zone based on some m factors there are also a series of abilities and like my one kind of regret here is that we don't broadcast this out very well outside of things like this this podcast and like some gridiron notes but there's a suite of abilities that will make you immune to certain m factors Mm -hmm. Um, i tried to make this as common sense as possible but things like human joystick or grab and go or escape artist or fast break will make you immune to any sort of like movement-based penalties that would come about from game day conditions or m factors so You know, you won't have any detriments applied to your speed, acceleration, you know, your change of direction rating, because, you know, we're saying with these abilities that this guy is elite at movement, you know? Yeah, that they're special. They're a cut above anyway. Exactly. So you Mm -hmm. get a little bit of a bonus there. There's uh, a number of M factors that muck with your ability to call hot routes and for players to, you know, be cognizant of those hot routes and change appropriately and if you have any of the hot, like the receiver specific hot route abilities, you'll ignore any of those penalties, right? You won't mm. miss a hot route, you know, you won't get the wrong hot route.
1: Because that's their specialty, right? Because they
2: were saying you're good at this thing. So yeah, we have some, some cool interactions like that between the ability system and the stuff going on over here on the M factor and game day condition side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, do you have any final notes before we wrap this up?
2: Not really. You know, this is I think a great step forward for us simulating some of these, you know, like I said, quirks of the NFL. Yeah. In the future, you know, we'd, we'd like to try to build upon that. You know, add add some more of these things. Maybe go deeper within some of the modes on how we use these things. Like, maybe in franchise in the future, you can get to a point where you can improve your stadium and get more powerful home field advantages for them.
0: That's something we've been talking about. We think about all the time on franchises, you know how to add in the personality to the franchise beyond the roster. Like we've we've talked about that with the staff stuff, the staff this year, you know, it's definitely a place where we're looking going forward is what are the things that define a, a franchise's personality and certainly their, their physical plant yeah. Is a piece of that, and can be a piece of that, and can be planned for and and leveraged. So
2: the fandom, mm-hmm. you know, building, yeah, stadium, yep. something cool. It also be nice to maybe do a bit more with like relocation and expansion stadiums. You know, maybe having some more custom home field advantages for those. You know, like if you mm-hmm. relocate to London, maybe you know other teams are are jet lagged when they play against. <laughs> them.
1: Yeah, start with yeah. a little a bit lower like fatigue.
2: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. and, uh, that'll be awesome trying to get something in there where philly fans throw batteries and snowballs at the link you know now we're gonna have to edit no <laughs> no he he's in philadelphia he's like he can say that oh i don't know i guess we'll find out i didn't say anything disparaging did they not throw batteries i i did research tom you're,
0: you're reporting on historical fact all right didn't they attack santa
2: <laughs> uh yeah yeah, so I mean that that's just that's something yeah, that happened. Had coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, hey. uh, we might this, have to edit. <laughs> just everybody that's this is live from the Philadelphia EA office right here, Nick Farrah, senior designer. So, yep. he's he's just speaking of his people.
1: I'm on so. the one man the one man show of the Philadelphia office. <laughs>
0: yep. Okay.
1: On that note, I think we'll we'll wrap
0: it up. Thanks for coming on again, Nick. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, Your storytelling It's fun. Yep. So, uh
1: Uh, Andre, you want to take us out? Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for the seventh episode of the Making Madden podcast. We are excited for you guys to get your hands on Madden NFL 22, and it drops on August 20th. If you want to play the game three days early, you can by pre-ordering the Dynasty edition or MVP edition today. See you next time.